The first reading is from the prophet Hosea, the 11th chapter, verses 1 to 11. If you'd like to follow along, it is printed in the announcements. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, that in your truth we may find freedom, that in your will we may discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. When Israel was a child, I loved them, and out of Egypt I called my child. The more I called them, the more they went from me, They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests, and devours because of their schemes. My people are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but God does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Holy One, who roars like a lion. When the Holy roars, God's children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will return them to their homes, says God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Our second reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter. And again, if you'd like to follow along, it's printed in the middle of your bulletin in the announcements. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to them, Friend, who set me to be a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. And then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly. And he thought to himself, What should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. 
I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and all my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is being demanded of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich toward God. Here ends our reading. When I'm hurting, and I don't know it yet, the cells of my body want to go west. The west that from here you have to go east to find. Where the roads wind wind through what still feels like the last frontier. Fields of sagebrush and tall grass. Layers of mountains in the distance. The bright sun and carefree clouds backstroking by. Cattle and horses on the range. No houses, no storefronts for hundreds of miles. Just telephone lines and afternoon thunderstorms cleaning the air, company for the quiet. So a couple of weeks ago, David and I packed the car and left for the open road. As we entered Nevada, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Utah, we drank in beauty. It was as if we had been living in a windowless room and had just been reintroduced to the outdoors. I found myself searching for how I could fill the storehouses of my being with what my eyes could but see. If only I could wrap my arms around it, like a child clinging to home base. Each time we pulled ourselves away from one place, we grieved, worrying we were leaving the pinnacle of beauty. How wonderful it was to be wrong. What little planning we had done before leaving California was to find the most remote places to stay as possible. We longed for space, something our apartment living does not provide. When we got to our cabin in Montana, about an hour away from a one-street town, we found what we were looking for. Sitting on the back porch, there were no buildings as far as the eye could see. Just a stream running through swaying tufts of sweet grass, singing red-winged blackbirds and a gentle curtain of mountains. The next morning, David realized he had forgotten to pack eggs for a pancake breakfast. Not wanting to make the trip into town and thinking it might be an opportunity to meet our hosts, he called the number left for the owners of the cabin. Bill and Shelley. Bill was a retired cattleman, 
always ready with a story and a new project to tackle. When he answered the phone, it wasn't long before David was giggling away, making fast friends. You can have all the eggs you want, Bill said, if you come down to our guest ranch and join us for lunch. We would love to, David said, even though, come to find out, it too was an hour away. Suddenly, so far from civilization, company sounded like a treat. David scribbled down some rudimentary directions. Dirt road left, two poles, no motorized vehicles sign. One turn in and we were lost, nearly driving beneath a farm irrigator. Luckily for us, the owner saw our car in the midst of her field and came driving over on her gator. Are you lost? We think so. We're trying to get to Bill and Shelley's for lunch. Oh, I'm Shelley's cousin. They must be at the guest ranch. She identified our wrong turn and got us going again until we met another fork in the road. Another relative saw us and righted our path once more. When we finally made it to the guest ranch, we learned Shelley's grandfather had moved there in the pioneer days and had built up a ranch of some 50,000 acres, surpassing imagination. Shelley and her cousins were the inheritors, living side by side on ranches with their children and grandchildren with all the benefits and challenges that brings. As strangers, with no service and very few people for miles, we received the unexpected gift of community, a gift we didn't know we needed or wanted when we first set out on the open road. Getting lost is not something I usually lean into, but if you trust in community, you can feel safe getting lost. I imagine that spans both the literal and the metaphorical. If you trust in community, you can feel safe getting lost. The community holds you. When we are attached to being in control, it's a life-giving practice. And if you understand the importance of community, because someone has come to your aid or because you have come to the aid of someone else, you show up because you know your help matters. Resting in this kind of community ensures our survival and of the joy of receiving and of giving of oneself. See what is so good, what is so pleasant, as when brothers, when sisters, live together. This was forgotten in our reading from Luke. When I first read the younger brother's request that the family inheritance be divided with him, I thought it was an appeal for fairness. Somebody, Jesus, make my brother do right by me. But in the context of Luke, requesting to have an inheritance indicated that you were choosing your own excess over the well-being of community. 
this young brother's request would have been received similarly to the prodigal son's. It was allowed by law, but resulted in heartache. The prolific Lucan scholar Francois Bovin explains, although the law did provide for division among the inheritors, the ideal norm suggested keeping the inheritance intact through the inheritors sharing a life in common, what the Bible calls living together or living among brothers. It was thought that just as the streams are divided into too many channels are swallowed up by the earth and become unproductive, so it will be if you are divided. In the narrative, Jesus responds by refusing the role of arbitrator, or some translations read, divider. Who made me the divider? Throughout his life, Jesus emphasizes relationship, caring for one another, love for self and neighbor, being in this thing together. Responding to these lines in Luke, St. Augustine suggested that instead of requesting our separate shares of the inheritance, that we say to our brothers and sisters, I want to possess with you. Keep the inheritance with me, shifting us back to relationship. As with the younger son, when reading the parable that follows, I felt protective of the rich man's desire to be able to store up more reserves and at last breathe easy. The need for safety, for security, is one we share in common. And especially when faced with our finitude, when faced with the impossible reality that all we have held onto will no longer be ours, that death will come to us as well, how could we not cling to the earth, to our possessions in protest? How could we not seek comfort? But in the context of Luke, the rich became wealthy by exploiting the poor. The richer they became, the more the poor struggled to live. To use an illustration given by Basil the Great, a contemporary of St. Augustine, the rich man pulling down his storehouses to build bigger ones is like the wealthy of Basil's time remaining unwilling to help in the face of a father having to sell one of his children in order to feed the rest of his family. Whether blind or drowning in fear and unwilling to see, there is a fracturing of community, of living among brothers, among kin. When looking for comfort, for a home base to hold onto, the path there is not always what we'd expect. Sometimes we have to go east to go west. Our instincts might tell us to isolate, but, is, but it is often in community that joy returns. Scarcity drives us to stockpile, but giving of ourselves and receiving others leaves us filled. 
like the God of Hosea pulling for us, even when we don't recognize the one who taught us to walk or lifted us to their cheek, we are held in community, in the community of the earth, of the sagebrush and grass, the bright sun and afternoon thunderstorms, in the community of strangers, those offering us freedom from the fear of being lost, who teach us it's safe to make mistakes and to help us find our way again. In the community we didn't know we wanted or needed when we started off on the open road, but who offer us as many eggs as we'd like, so long as we join them for lunch and listen to their stories. In the community of those seeing, as if for the first time, we are surrounded by strangers who are not really strangers, but kin, offering to keep the inheritance with them. Thanks be to God. Amen.